The following podcast contains coarse language and adult themes. This week on the show, the Doctor is in. And this time, he's warring with the wayward wanders wildly wicked witchcraft. Things are getting strange and we are chatting wizards and shit. My name's Riggs. And I'm Addy. And this is the Film Addicts Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to the Filmatics Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. I'm here with Addy. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I am fantastic. I've got my huge mug of tea. I'm uh, I'm ready to talk about Doctor Strange, and uh, it's it's exciting. It's it's it, it's been a very polarizing film, that's for sure. Yeah, not a lot of MCU fans like it. Yeah, um, and and I you know saw it really quickly after its release. It was you know the day that came out here, like that that morning. Um, and I've kind of been checked out. I've had so much production work on, I haven't really been paying much attention, but shit, people are not impressed. Yeah. Um, and then other people are super impressed. It's a real, there's a real schism between the, the, the two, the camps of thought. So, um, but before we do get into that, uh, how was your birthday? Oh, my birthday was fun. I hung out with my friends and we ate a lot of chicken. <laughs> he says to the plant-based person <laughs> fair enough enjoy all the chickens you can have my share have my share yeah. um cool so you ate a lot of chicken did you go to the movies or anything uh no not yet because i went and saw dr strange in the multiverse madness so no movies yet okay fair yeah there's not much else uh, however um maverick uh the top gun sequel opens tomorrow if i'm not mistaken here oh, wow. in australia it does yeah and i i watched top gun for the first time the other day and I'd been aware of it, um, you know, like uh, just through pop culture osmosis, you kind of you understand these things and, um, you know, the jokes around it as well, you know, the sort of homophobic jokes around it and stuff. You know, it's really, really good film, but it's fucking daffy. Like it's really batshit. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to seeing this this newer one with, with kind of uh, uh, more modern eyes. I am too. I'm I'm actually very, very excited for that movie. And I've never seen Top Gun ever. And it's weird that I'm excited for a sequel to a movie I've never seen. I think that's, you know, they're aiming at people like you too, because it's a really, it looks really modern. And, and, and imp- I mean, it's, and it's Tom Cruise too. You know, he's flying those fucking things. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he doesn't mess around, you know, and Miles Teller with a mustache. So why not <laughs> but um before we uh, well I'm, I'm glad you had a good birthday mate and i'm glad that you're full of chicken um but uh before we we crack on with uh with all the strangeness uh you want to do some nerd news let's let's get into some nerd news now let's get into some fucking nerd news folks enjoy it nerd news <laughs> Okay, here we are for the Filmatics podcast nerd news for this week, which is the week of whatever, whatever the date is. 21st of May. 21st, thank you. There we go. It's May something. Terrific. 
Um, okay, my, my first little bit of nerd news is is Doctor Strange based. Um, it has beaten the Batman as the highest grossing film of 2022 thus far, raking in $800 million worldwide. That's pretty fucking successful, despite what people think. Yep. And Marvel's going to do it again with Thor Love and Thunder again. Yeah. So they're going to break their own record. They're just going to keep on doing it. You know, I, I, there's almost a, uh, and we'll get into this when we talk about Doctor Strange, but there's almost a societal responsibility to go and see these films. You know, it's like voting. You, you fucking have to do it. Like, you like, don't, they don't, you know, and, and like we've, we've just, <laughs> we've just had an election here in, in, uh, in Australia and I won't go into it cause it's frightfully boring, but, um, the way I described it to people, the PG version of the way I described it to people is, um, voting is like going to the circus and trying to determine which is the least threatening clown. <laughs> and that's that's sort of what it's like. I would much rather, um, uh, uh, you know, be forced to go and see a Marvel movie than be forced to go and vote for all these fucking clowns. That's, that's all my point is. Um, so civic duty aside, we all have to go and see Marvel films and it looks like everybody's keeping it up despite the conversation yeah. I had with a friend of mine last night about he's he's checked out, like he doesn't give a shit anymore. But yeah, it seems like most people do. $800 million ain't nothing to scoff at. I bit Batman's kicking himself. But emo as fuck. Um, next on the nerd news, uh, we'll talk about this in a little minute. Uh, the Grey Man, the trailer has come out. Oh, yeah. But um, a day before the trailer came out, uh, Netflix announced that it will be getting not only a prequel, but a sequel as well. And the film hasn't even come out yet. Yeah. Uh, the Russo brothers came out and said that <clears throat> even though the movie was so hard to make and it almost killed them, they already have plans for other stories in this universe to tell. So sure. Yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit that way. It's a bit, we, we haven't seen it yet, so we don't know kind of thing. And, and it looks like the, the trailer looks pretty baller. It's a little too fucking cute um, for my taste, but, um, you know, that power mustache that, that uh, Chris Evans is rocking is pretty great. But, See, I mean, it's all about that, man. Yeah, it's, it's all about that mustache. It's all about the stash. But, I mean, just, you know, saying there's going to be a... Netflix must be super fucking confident because it cost them... I mean, they don't have to promote, really. That's one of the benefits of being on streaming. There's not much in the way of advertising going on. The kind of the app does it for you. Like social media does it for you. It costs nothing. Um, you know, I know it's getting a limited release in cinemas, but it was two hundred million dollar film. Nothing to scoff at. Um, but you know, the Russo brothers and and um, and also uh, uh, the, the the two um, writers of the Captain America series and Infinity Game in War. It's them all coming together with fucking. Captain America himself, like it's people are going to watch it, you know. Um, Captain Hello. America, Captain America, colon mustache. What are you do, do you do that on purpose? Because you said in, you said Infinity Game and End War. Do you Did do I? that on purpose? <laughs> That's what it's called, isn't it? It was Infinity. I love Infinity Game and End War. They were the best Marvel films ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who That's that guy a Scottish is. Person, isn't it? <laughs> a Scottish person? No, not really. But um, yeah, good on them. You know, like if they're going to keep making some movies, at least it's a. Uh, from my understanding, it's an original story. It's not something that's based on something else. Do you know if that's the case or not? 
Yeah, um, I don't think it's an IP-based film at all. All right, The Gray Man. It's gray. Oh, no, it's based on a novel. Well, oh, shit, okay. Based on a novel by Mark Grenieri, um, and, uh, and God bless him. Yeah, right on. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, you know, at least it's not something that's traditional IP that we understand uh, so far. Much like this next uh, news item, the final episode of Stranger Things will be two and a half hours long. Two and a half hours long. Yes. I thought this was a children's program. Kids don't have intention spans that long. I don't have attention span yeah. that long. It's longer than Doctor Strange. You love weirdly Strange. enough. Like, yeah, right. You are you cool for this? Like that's you know that's up your alley. So sure. I mean, I they released the first eight minutes of the first episode of season four. I haven't seen it. I'm. It's something that I'm looking forward to in a way that okay that the Duffer Brothers are this powerhouse of creators and. They're getting this chance to end it the way they want to. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that more than story, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. I I don't I don't get why. I mean, what, so the final season's being split in two. Is that correct? No. So this season's being split in two volumes. That's going to come out one month after the other. Right. And then and and then then there's season five that's going to. I think going to come out just like that. Right. When all of these kids are now 48 years old or whatever. <laughs> it's not 48. Whatever. They're going to be 62 when it's finished. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be 89 years old when all these are done. Oh um, yeah. And then, and then like 30 years later, they're going to have an end game moment where they're going to bring all of them back and new ones back in together. the wheelchair. That's how you do it. That's that, that, that's how you successfully, you know, build a franchise. Okay. So what they're saying is, sorry, excuse me. Um, I just want to correct this for myself more than anybody else. Uh, two hour and two and a half hours for the final episode of this season. Yep. And then there's another one going to come probably two years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, I don't know why they just didn't make it one more episode longer and split that in half. But, you know, I don't make those kind of decisions as long as it's what the creators want to do, you know. Well that's, well, that's episode nine. And they talked about why it's so long because they weren't going to do an episode nine. So... When they were doing episode eight, they were like, this is going to end up being like three and a half, four hours long. Mm. So they said to Netflix, we need another episode. So needing another episode and making that two and a half hours long, that's pretty big for a season finale. Yeah, it's unprecedented as far as I understand. I'm apart from maybe something like Game of Thrones, but, you know, for a... a, a... That was an hour, 30 minutes at max. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Se- I mean, series like finale. That was that was HBO. That was that was big time TV. This is a little YA series, you know. Um, but yeah, good on them. You know, why not? Um, I don't know why they don't just do ten episodes then, because as a, as a former drummer myself, I enjoy uniformity in my number systems. And ten, ten is a nice round number. It's it's even. Nine fucking isn't. So, whatever. That's just like this episode, which is episode eight. Exactly, a nice. We're going to skip episode nine altogether. Just go straight to ten, kick the shit out of everybody. It's like, did you did you listen to episode nine? No, I didn't. Did you? No. Is there an episode nine? Let's look. Having people scour the internet 
to try and find the Filmatics podcast episode nine, the the lost episode, the mystery episode that's you know all about. <laughs> it's just us, the diatribe of Hulk's dick again for forty five minutes. I was hoping you say that. God, that was I, I've listened to that a couple of times now. Once to check the master, and then a couple of times just for my own pleasure, and it is absolutely ludicrous. Not only the fact that I completely lose my mind trying to break down the science of it, but that you come up with the spectacular answer of Reed Richards while bored during the snap helped Hulk get a human penis attached to his body as opposed to a huge hulking penis. It's just, I mean, that's that's sound reasoning to me. Um, so no, we won't do that. We will have an episode nine next week. Uh, it won't be on Hulk's dick. It'll be on someone else's dick. <laughs> we haven't decided. Sure. Uh, maybe, maybe Daredevils because... The word is a new Daredevil series is being developed at Disney with both Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio returning. Enough. Yeah. <clears throat> As of my understanding, it's not a season four. It's a soft reboot, I think. Okay. Well, I mean, it'd kind of have to be because they couldn't. Disney Plus can't do the things that Netflix could. In, in, in I mean, of- they can. They can, they just don't want to. Yeah, they would have to put it on, you know, the, the stars or whatever it is the, 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 that's there. The, well, here it's stars, but in the States, I think it's Hulu, you know, and have it be a more adult content. But look, I'm, it's, it's Daredevil, I don't care. As long as they don't make it like super glossy or anything, they keep the spirit of the show, you can take some of the violence out and I'll be fine. But I don't imagine Frank Castle will be turning up or anything. Fucking shoot me in just... the face with a double barrel shotgun or something. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, mouse. Cold I, I need to... <laughs> You need that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um yeah, so that's I'm I'm pretty excited for that. Uh this one Wait, I have a question though. Oh, sure, yeah. Do you reckon they knew when they were doing Hawkeye and No Way Home that they were gonna do that? Well, I mean, they had the rights back. They knew Charlie... At that point, they must have known that Charlie Cox was... You know, when they were doing Hawkeye, that Charlie Cox was going to be in No Way Home. You know, oh, yeah. feeding that, peppering that into... Like, putting him in the current context of, of the MCU and having this Daredevil series be in the same TV universe as WandaVision, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, all that. Um, that, that. That would be the smart idea i reckon to to have it backed up by him being in arguably the biggest film since endgame um yeah absolutely and i think it'll be interesting as well to see where this one falls secret invasion uh the tv series with uh um is it amelia clark yep amelia clark from Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. And a bunch of other things also, but that's probably most famous for. Uh, and uh, Samuel Jackson's going to be in it as well. Uh, is actually set during the snap. I don't like that. No? Tell me why. I think the Fantastic Four film is a perfect way to put, put a story in that time period. I don't think Secret Invasion should do that. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I can understand. You think that they should the first Fantastic Four movie should be maybe them. Do you want an origin story or do you want them to be already established? 
I mean, it could be an origin story based in that where <clears throat> everyone's gone and the, all the remaining heroes are just fucking here and there in uh, rescue groups. And this, this team of people, they try to do an experiment to bring everyone back as much as they can understand it. And everything goes wrong and then they get their powers. And then they get stuck in their, I don't know, that small city in that small city inside the quantum realm in Ant Man and the Wasp Two, fighting Kang. I don't give a fuck, man. Okay, all right. No, I I do. I really like the idea of um, them that like Reed Richards trying to reverse the snap because I mean it's all cosmic rays and going into space and stuff in 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 the original series. You can you can you know retcon that a little bit and have it be yeah this this brilliant scientist who who's uh maybe lost someone i mean you can't lose the core and uh, maybe they lose franklin or something you know the son to the snap and they're desperate to get him back so they try and he tries to do something with the negative zone and bring people back or whatever and it goes wrong and that's how they get their powers um that's pretty interesting actually i see again kevin feige we're gonna put Addy's gonna come to your office and put you over his knee and not in a sexy way um all right cool and uh, uh the, the, just before we get into um sort of a roundup oh the wait on a second wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a goddamn minute i made a note and i'd forgotten about it and it's very very important all right so if secret invasion set during the snap yes yeah right what the fuck is nick fury doing in it he was snapped yeah that was my second point because he was snapped and then in uh, far from home it's revealed that he's on a base in Sword and Nick Fury actually is a scroll in the MCU timeline. Just, I'm sorry, can we go back just, just one, one second really quickly? He he's he's on a ship in Sword. He's a no, he's a, he's on a he's on a ship in space that's under Sword. Yeah, you said Sword. <laughs> It just caught me because that's what I used to call them when I was little. My swords. Um, yeah, so sorry, you were saying he, he was on the ship. and But that's that's post-snap. Yeah, that's post that's post the reverse snap, not even the snap. Yeah, the returning or whatever. So what's, I mean, the only thing that I can think of is that it's um, uh, Ben Mendelsohn's Skrull character. Yeah, impersonating Nick Fury and and Sam Jackson playing it. And if that's the case, then we already know the big drop. Like, unless in Thor: Love and Thunder we figure out that Thor somehow is a scroll, it's what's not going to be a big official shock. From what's that? That's yeah. that's how, why? Why would you exactly see the whole point of doing Secret Invasion? Because at the end, or how Secret Invasion starts is certain important characters in the MCU reveal themselves as scrolls. Mm -hmm. And we don't have that many important characters left. The only one is either Hulk or Thor. Yeah, that's very true. So yeah. unless they do that or they kill or they kill Thor, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they'll kill him. It's it's too hard to tell. We'll we'll get into Thor actually because we'll we'll talk about the trailers and maybe yeah, that's no, that's fine. Maybe that'll kind of bring some light on it. But I think that the um, 
as far as secret invasion goes, it has to be some sort of connective tissue to the rest of what's going on. Like if that's talking about what's going on the snap, that is they're going to have to have repercussions now because like I said last week, I assume that at some point they're going to start curving all this shit in and it'll lead to the secret wars. Um, but who knows? Only only the Kevin Feige's. Um, all right, cool. So yeah, uh, trailers did come out uh, this week. Uh, the Grey Man. Was that this morning? I'm pretty sure it was this morning. Um, well, I saw well it this morning. for you, yeah, for you it was morning. For me, it was last night. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and like I said, it looks really great. Uh, it looks like a big, big fun. Um, Anna Diamas, can't say no. Uh, Ryan Gosling looks suitably stoic, and uh, uh, you know, uh, Chris Evans doing villain work, fantastic. Um, I'm really confused about you know what's up with the polo shirts and the military haircut and the mustache. I don't know what that is apart from to make jokes about. That that was a little bit as well. It's got that kind of. Does everything have to be so fucking cute? Like it's why does it have? To, it's a spy movie. Can it not be serious? I don't know. Yeah. Few few too many jokes from my spy spy shit. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean my spy is James Bond. There's no fucking jokes in James Bond, are there? Not, not an enormous amount. Um, in, yeah. In the most recent ones, there's you know you go back and there's some. It's a sort of a sexual innuendo, like um, you know, the one of the lead villains in Goldeneye, arguably you know top two or three best Bond films ever made. Um, the character's name's Zena Onatop, and there's an entire film called Pussy Galore. Like they they lean pretty hard in the sexual innuendo shit. Um, and that's fine, but there's not that kind of cutesy, you know. Yeah. Two dudes, two dudes in a battle for life or death do not make jokes about one another's mustaches, is my point. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it and the prequel and the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm prepared. We're excited for the story that we haven't seen, but also the story that takes place before the story and after the story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing a portion of what they want to tell me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in July, and then the following portions in six years or whatever the fuck. Um, the other trailer that dropped was uh, the the trailer for uh, Mission Impossible well, 7. Dead Reckoning. Take Dead Reckoning. Part one. Careful, you're starting to sound like Blood Axe again. Um, oh, we have to bring that back. Oh, yeah. Almost did today, but we have to bring that back. Killed me. Um, yeah, so Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, it looks outrageous. Uh, Tom Cruise again, working damn hard for your cinema dollars. Uh, that guy is un- indestructible. There's a... Okay, this is a bit of a deep cut, but it's it's going to make sense. In, in the sort of early 2000s, there was a series of short films that came out. Um, I don't even know how to explain it. They were called like Thumb Wars and it was Star Wars, except it was a comedy parody and they had people acting it out with their thumbs and they had like little faces transposed onto the thumbs, you know, walking around. And there was Thumb Wars, Franken Thumb was one of them and one of them was um, a Bat Thumb. And it was like a piss take on on Batman. Steve Oderkirk, you know, worked on these. He was a stand-up comedian and he was also, he wrote uh, the Ace Ventura pictures. Um, uh, 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 um, 
What was that other film? Kung Pao. Just comedian at that, like who was around that period of time. And it was this little thumb war thing. People who know will know. But anyway, there's a, there's a deleted scene or a behind the scenes featurette on the Bat Thumb documentary that I've watched plenty of times when I was really high because it was good fun and uh, in my youth. And there's a scene where the guy who plays Bat Thumb or, you know, the guy, who, the thumb, is <laughs> playing Bat Thumb. He's talking about how he's like, one day I just hope I, you know, I die on set, you know, doing a stunt, just like have the, you know, have the skin sheared off my body. And people are like, oh my God, he died. Like that's, that's Tom fucking Cruise. He's, he's yeah. he is committed to killing himself so that you go and see Mission Impossible 7. <laughs> oh God. There's one person I know who will appreciate that, that, that thumb diatribe and that is my dear friend Cynthia uh she she listens to the podcast religiously she tells me and um there you go Cynthia that's that's for you my dear um enjoy I know thank you much, I know how much you love bat thumb um so it's a little inside joke for you enjoy and I promise our episode of the stitch up is coming out soon <laughs> next episode of the stitch up will feature Cynthia Galley uh doing um a, a league of their own and it comes out in two weeks I was just having a break. Oh, wait. Yeah, it's going to be good. But um, yeah, Mission Impossible. What do you reckon? Yeah. <clears throat> that made me tear up. I watched it three times and it made me tear up. Oh, really? What part was it that got you? So I'm a very emotional guy. And it starts, the teaser trailer starts off with no sound at all. And... I think about two minutes and 30 seconds and it starts building up and then it blends like the music in the, sh the music in the trailer blends into the OG, the mission impossible theme. Mm -hmm. And I teared up. Yeah. It's such a powerful theme. And I think the last, um, the last one that they did, uh, which was help me out fallout. fallout. Yeah. Fallout. The guy who wrote the score for that did sort of like a, a really huge bombastic operatic uh, version of it. Um, I'm just going to find his name. Sorry, here we go. And I'm, I really hope he's coming back for the next one too because he's just he's just killer. Wasn't it Michael Giacchino? Lorne Balfi oh, okay. uh, wrote the music and uh, he's done music for, oh, Sherlock, Black Widow, Hawkeye. Um, yeah, a lot of, lot of big stuff. Um and he works on video games too. He's, he wrote a really great score for Assassin's Creed 3, I think it was. But anyway, beside the point, yes, that theme has been adapted so many times that it just gets bigger and bigger every time. And like, it's so weird that I... Wait, are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm just, I just paused <laughs> so that you could say something. <laughs> He's like, your background's black and you're wearing a black hoodie. And I was like, shit, am I stuck? Um, no, 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 you're fine. You're all good. Keep yeah. going. And I don't know. It's it's weird to me because I teared up while watching that. And then I went I went for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And they played the Lightyear uh, trailer. And they had the mix with uh, David Bowie's Starman, which is an amazing song. Mm. And they did a cover for that film with that with their score into it and i was crying just watching it my friend beside me was like dude it's not it's not even a movie yet just fucking grow up and i was like you can't it's buzz light here with chris evans and like the wings open up and it's there's a star man and i, I just i just died 
I'm going to isolate that little clip of you singing there and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Um, I, I'm sure this friend of yours is a very lovely person, but tell them to go fuck themselves. You're allowed to get emotional about whatever you want. You, you know, if the, the ad that says, make sure you get your popcorn and candy from the, you know, concession stand before the movie starts made you cry, it's none of their fucking business. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm super excited. I love the Mission Impossible movies. Um, the first one's great. The second one's hilariously stupid. Fucking doves. That's all I'm going to say. Third one's pretty good. It's a little bit of a, a, a kind of a shift in tone. And then four, five, uh, six uh, are like three of the best action movies you'll ever yes. see. As soon as Christopher McQuarrie took over. Um, as soon as Christopher McQuarrie and... Uh, fuck, I'm going to fuck this up. Uh Who's the guy from? Uh, who's the guy with uh, Nick Frost in Hot Fuzz? Simon Pegg. Yes, thank yeah. you, Simon Pegg. As soon as he came in, it was fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, from from um, uh, Ghost Protocol, which Brad Bird directed, uh, and then Rogue Nation, like uh, Rogue Nation and Fallout were Christopher McQuarrie written and directed. Um, but from there, where it started to have a continuity, not only in terms of characters that would come back, but also you know they talk about previous adventures more so then in the new one the fucking trailer opens with kittredge who was the guy who was chasing ethan in the first film um and it's just i yeah they're, they're really fucking good movies and i'm 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 excited about it um a little bit more excited than i am for love and thunder the uh the new trailer yes. for Thor dropped we got to we got to look at Christian Bale as who the fuck is he? Talk about gray man. <laughs> that guy's a gray man. He looks like an old ball sack. Well, he's Gore the God Butcher, and uh, the movie's inspired by the run for shit. It's by Jason Aaron, and it's the run of Thor and Gore, I think. Okay. Where God takes God takes the, a pledge that he's gonna kill every single god in the universe. Because you, because the gods didn't answer his prayers, and uh, an invasion happened and killed his family. So it's like a revenge picture, maybe. Like Taken, but with Thor. <laughs> like Could it. you imagine Liam Nielsen just having just being God, the God Butcher in that? I mean, or Liam yes. being Thor. <laughs> it's just as interesting. Why not? Um, okay, well, that's really cool. Jason Aaron's a great writer. I, I, I read a few of his things. I think he's the, the writer on the new Punisher series. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I... Again, I don't like being negative. I mean, I suppose the stitch-up is for, like, you know, movie appreciation. I can be a little bit critical here. I don't know what it... Fuck. I really don't know how to say this without without... I'm not worried about hurting people. I'm just, yeah, I'm not worried about hurting people's feelings because people are grown ups and they can deal with their own shit. But I just, I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I'm judging this stuff before it comes out, because I'm a big believer in, like, try before you buy, absolutely, but also see it and then make up your mind. This trailer isn't giving me anything that I wasn't expecting, and isn't giving me anything that says, oh, where, like, do you remember when the fucking uh, trailer for um, Ragnarok came out? And yes. they revealed the Hulk. And you're yeah. like, holy shit, I want to fucking see this. Are you kidding me, Planet Hulk? I will I'll be there. I'll buy two tickets just so I can 
lay down. <laughs> I don't know why. There was a sex joke coming there, but I I, I steered off that path. Um, it was going to be like a beating off joke. And I just thought, no, nah, just steer away from it, Reeks. You're better than that, mate. Your audience deserves better than that. Um, but yeah, it was. there's no moment for that. The only thing that's really got me interested is the the last little bit of the, like yeah absolutely um uh, Jane Foster as as Mighty Thor but uh yeah Bale doing a comic yeah. villain interesting and the fact that that last what I assume is the last fight scene takes place on a monochromatic planet yes yes I I wish that you would talk with talk about that because I I love that little detail yeah it's so cool that. Like they're fighting, and I, I'll try to I'll try to put it in if if we don't get a copyright because we've got a few because we've got a few because we use the voice in uh, Dune, but um, it's that scene where uh, Thor's Thor's like striking the lightning, and it's his armor. It's all desaturated, but the lightning is is, is blue, yeah. and that's the only that's the only color and light there. I I love it. It's, it's so Sin City as well. It is, yeah, but I mean, I I wonder what what is the what's the genesis of that idea? So are they? Is that a planet they're on? Is that some sort of alternate dimension where, you know, he's the the, the gore, the god butcherer has taken them to fight, or is it just the stylistic choice by Taika to to you know have something be more dynamic? I don't know. Um, I also I really like Taika Waititi. I think he's an incredible writer. Um, uh, in particular. Um, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People uh, Jojo Rabbit's a really good screenplay as well and um, What We Do in the Shadows is one of my top five favourite comedies of all time like I, I don't think I've laughed that hard in a cinema and I, I went completely blind as well I got free tickets to the Cameo Cinema in here in Melbourne in Belgrave because I worked next door to the cameo and they're like, hey, we've got these premiere tickets and fucking no one's coming because no one knows what this is. So me and Emily went and I would like, it started with the credits of that, you know, with that song and they're just like using their um, vampire powers to do like housework and one of them's levitating and vacuum so that he can, he can vacuum the cobwebs off the roof. And I was like, this is fucking genius. And, and, and I adore it. And having said that, uh, you know, and all respect to Taika, he's a far more talented writer and filmmaker than I'll ever be in my life. But his brand of comedy is a lot, like a little bit of is a little bit of is a lot, and there is a lot of it in this trailer. Um, where whether it's Korg or whether it's you know Chris Hemsworth being kind of you know cutesy and and daft, like like oh, sorry not daft daft with Jane. Um, yeah, and the whole like, and I'm okay. Russell Crowe as Zeus, pretty great. And they yes. flicks his clothes off, and there, and there, Chris Hemsworth is in a completely naturally attained body. Um, I don't know if you can hear the sure. echoes there, but uh, but you know, whatever, none of my business again. But and then there's a big nude joke and a big he, his dick's so big, all these people faint. And then the girls are like, hey, should we help him? Like, no, well, let's just wait. Here, have some grapes. We're like, all right, hang on. Can we, is there a story here too? Or is this a cartoon? Yeah. It's like like a two-hour long SNL sketch for, for like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for the MCU. That's perfect, actually. You, 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 that's so, you put it so succinctly. It is, it looks like, and also, 
you know, and we'll get into it when we talk about um, Doctor Strange 2, the, the way that Marvel makes films at the moment, and again, I'm not sure, I've said this a few times, but I'm not sure if it's because of COVID. Like, they're, they're, they've got to be really strict about how they shoot things and where they shoot things, and they can't travel as much. And, you know, at that period of time, maybe it's a little different now, but when they were shooting Thor and, and, and uh, Doctor Strange 2, there would have definitely been constrictions yeah. or constraints, sorry, because of that. It's all starting to look very, very similar. There's nothing dynamic about it at all. It's super flat. It's super glossy. Everything looks touched up. It's slowly getting, you know, closer and closer to being fucking that scene in Mary Poppins where Dick Van Dyke dances with penguins. Um, you know, completely artificial surroundings and just one human being. Uh, so it's sort of that that kind of, you know, super <clears throat> bright, bright, overlit kind of sitcom thing is exactly what I'm talking about. And that's the point you just made by saying it's like an SNL sketch. So I have, I have great hopes. I of course will go and see it because, you know, I dig this shit and I, I have respect for the people behind it. I just hope that it's, um, it's, it's more than what that trailer makes it out to be. Yeah. I, I'm going to send you one thing right now. I want you to look at it. Uh, it's something that I just found out and it's, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. It's Hulk stick. It's not Hulk stick. It's kind of heartbreaking though. Just, just, oh, you just tell look lies. It. It's Hulk's dick. Look at my... You son of a bitch. Okay, hang on. It's not Hulk's dick, everyone. Uh, when you realize Thor has his brother's helmet tattooed on his back, rip Loki. What? Zoom in, zoom in. I didn't notice that. Hang on. Can I zoom in on... I can't zoom in on this. Let's again. Oh, my God. Wait, click on the post and zoom in. Yeah, no, I've got it. All right. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. You know what isn't cool? The joke. He went from dead bod to god bod. Did that? Yeah. It's Jesus would you, Christ. Would you, would you fucking what? If but then again, sorry, I know we're going on about it, but then again, if they if they decide to make this a children's movie, if this becomes if this does a complete three sixty. And, and, and becomes the first MCU film that is literally a storybook for children, I'm okay with that. With an ass in it. With an, you know, children, you know, have, I'm sorry. Have you seen some <laughs> of the cartoons that are out there available to you? Have you seen, yep. uh, for, for example, The Incredibles. Mrs. Incredible has a booty that just won't quit. <laughs> Yeah, when you when you turn like 15, that's when you realise that. Exactly. And and I was I was in my 20s when that film came out. And I loved it. I love that movie. It's brilliant. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like I, I feel like if if they were to just go completely this is this is a PG movie. We're targeting it at the Disney children generation, you know, like fucking Encanto or something, um, and, you know, and have big themes and stuff and just, you know, pull some of the violence out, make it super cartoony and super fun, super daffy. Great. If that ends up what it is, I'll, I'll kind of be okay. But this in the middle shit just isn't working for me at the moment. Like have, a, yeah. have, some, have some, have the stones to be what you, what you want to be one way or the other. My, my only, uh... My only pushback from that, I have no, I do not mind Marvel making a, a children's movie. I'd be up for it anytime because then that means that they can do anything. And for people who've been there since day one, just seeing Marvel do anything would be awesome. Hmm. But 
if if they do do that, if you are right, then having gore in there doesn't make any sense because gore story is very very personal and it's very like uh, the monochrome scene. I think what they're trying to go for is just his presence and his revenge is what just drains so much life out of things. Okay. Is that something that you're just, is that just, you're intuiting that? That's not information. Oh, okay. Well, you're very intuitive then because that sounds like a really reasonable explanation. No, it does. It sounds like it's like he's so poisonous. His revenge is so all consuming um, that he literally drains the color from his surroundings because he's so malevolent. I, I love that idea. Um, yeah, right on. So you know, again, children's movie. Yeah, we'll see. He's called you know Gore the God Butcher. I'm like what the fuck? Um, <sighs> it'll be whatever it is. We're gonna go. Of course we are. If nothing else, just to you know, look at all the beautiful people. Um, speaking of beautiful people, there's there's quite a few in Doctor Strange. Um, oh yeah. Are you ready to step in? Are you ready to step I'm into the multiverse? Are you ready? All right, let's do this. All right, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Doctor Strange 2 or Doctor Strange Mom or Doctor Strange, the, which Addy hates. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness from 2002, directed by horror legend aficionado. He's not aficionado. He's a virtuoso is the word I was looking for. Uh, Sam Raimi, uh, starring Benedict Cumberbun, and uh, and 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 a bunch of others, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and some and and Wong, Benedict Wong, a uh, whole bunch of really cool people, and uh, it's a movie that's come out, and Addy is going to tell you what he thinks about it. We're not going to go through it beat by beat, obviously, because we don't do that. We're just going to talk about our feelings in a general fashion, and I want Addy to start because he's been chomping at the bit, so to speak. I don't what know does what that mean? That means I yeah, I think it means. <laughs> I forget sometimes, you know, like Australian colloquialisms don't... I mean, that's probably not an Australian colloquialism. It's probably just one that, that's kind of permeated the, the culture everywhere. But um, I forget that, you know, they, they don't necessarily translate to all cultures. Chomping in the bit is, I think, when a horse is ready to start the race, like the metal bit that they have in their mouth that's connected to the reins and they're about to be let out of those cages and ding and then they then they get run by those tiny tiny little men and women and then you know people make money off um crooked animals uh so, ah, I think that's so where it comes from. yeah so you're seeing you from the 1800s then yes that's correct i'm i was born in <laughs> 1772 and um i'm i'm currently 200 and 40 something years old um i love that i hope you you'll see me next again in in the blade film um yeah so you said this is a film from 2002 i don't know if you're doing this on purpose now i'm not motherfuck 2000 (laughs) i wish it was 2002 that's the thing oh man um not because i'd be younger but just because the music was better um (laughs) <laughs> if nothing else uh yeah sorry it's from 2022 friends uh, thank you for correcting me addy please i want to hear your thoughts i'm i'm, I'm desperate to hear your thoughts All right so we have entered in the multiverse and now let's talk about its madness i love doing that pun even though it's so overblown now 
I came up with it. I'll do it every, every single time I can. I enjoyed it. So. All right. Uh, Multiverse of Madness is sort of a sequel to WandaVision. And yet it's not. Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, you should talk like that, man. Got scared again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to open this bottle of, of sparkling water. Like I've got a soda stream bottle. I'm trying to open it without it going because that'd put you off. But instead, I did it really slowly and looked ridiculous on the video, and that made you stop. So I fucking can't win. <laughs> Just trying to hydrate up in this bitch. Shit. All right. Um, yeah. So yeah, it is. It is. It is a spiritual sequel to Wandavision. It is a spiritual sequel to Doctor Strange. Uh, but it is very much its own thing. It is very, very much its own thing. And Jesus Christ, I love Marvel for just doing this. Mm. Um, I think the normal consensus or just normal opinion before the film came out is. When you have a title called Multiverse of Madness, you go all the way fucking bonkers, man. Mm. You do not hold back. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that Marvel held back, and I'm not saying that Marvel went off. What I'm saying is that Sam Raimi, as a director, took Multiverse of Madness as the title, and instead of focusing towards multiverse, he focused on the madness and what that word actually means. It's not the madness that happens in the multiverse. It's not the madness that happens with alien creatures. It's the madness inside the human mind for something that someone's lost. Okay. Now, I love multiverse of madness for reasons that we will get into. And it the film does things that I do not like, but also can work. And just to be clear, I hated the third eye at the end. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> so now you give me your sort of spoilers and then we can go in. It's, uh, my, you my give me a review. Give me my uh, You give me... <laughs> what am I giving you? Uh, uh, you give me a review and then we'll get into spoilers. Okay, cool. Yeah, spoiler-heavy episode, everyone. That's why we kind of waited this long as well. <clears throat> um, I, I love uh, Doc Strange as a character. I read a run of his a few years ago um, that uh, Chris Pacello was the artist on, and uh, it was awesome. It was the first time I'd really invested in the character, um, and this was when the first film was coming out. <clears throat> and I, I just fell in love with the, the mystical side of the MCU, and that was very much Wanda as well, because as we all know, she's the Scarlet Witch. It wasn't just about powers that she'd been given by um, Loki's scepter. Hydra. Um, yeah. By Hydra, yeah. It was, um, you know, these these things were, were already in her. And, um, and you know, the Darkhold and, and that stuff, all that stuff is super interesting to me. Uh, sorcery and wizardry, you know, I'm, I'm on board. But... For this, for, for this particular film, like Marvel has a lot of plates in the air at the moment. And they're spinning a lot of plates rather and they have a lot of balls in the air, whatever metaphor you want. Um, and 
it seems like they're getting into the problem that DC got into where they just seem to be throwing things up for the next movie to catch. And I'm I'm it's it's becoming very obvious where the story is deviating purely on the basis of that's what they think people want to see and not what serves the story best. Because because and that that's kind of our fault too. You know, we, yeah. we we are responsible for some of that because we are so critical as fans now, particularly of this kind of stuff, of this genre IP stuff that people, you know, attach their personalities to. We have some responsibility as well. The middle section of that film, we had a quick conversation about this, is what's wrong with what's going on at Marvel right now, in my opinion. It is, it is brand recognition it is, you know, IP overload and it is universe building, like world building before you know what the fuck you're doing. So the example that I can give is Batman versus Superman. Now, what, Dawn of, Dawn of Justice! Whatever, whatever you think of Dawn of Justice, you know, it doesn't matter. The point that I'm trying to make is there was... The, the character of Batman was was misrepresented in a few ways in that film and underserved by the fact that they hadn't really figured it all out yet. Man of Steel comes out and does well enough for that they offer Zack the opportunity to do the next one and they decide that they want to build a cinematic universe so they shove Batman in it instead of just doing a, a straight-up sequel to Man of Steel. They rushed it. it they, they really did. And, and it would have benefited from, again, having its own film and then kind of building the character... In, in this universe from the ground up. That's kind of where we're at with some of the stuff that Marvel is doing at the moment, uh, particularly with the ends of things as they, as they do. Uh, Shang-Chi, the end of that is, that sounds like he's about to go and train to be a fucking Avenger. And we haven't heard nothing since. Uh, and I know that he hasn't got a sequel and there hasn't been an Avengers film or anything and there's been COVID. Like I understand all these all these reasons. Um, but they're big leaps. The the thing that Marvel was doing previously with with teasers that were at the end of their films was literally teasing the next movie. It wasn't teasing the possibility of a Shang Chi sequel or a a, 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 a a Young Avengers or anything like that. Um, and and you know the the one at the end of the Eternals where all you hear is you see the dark the the ebony blade. And, 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 you know, a character who you don't, who normal people don't know is the Black Knight and fights vampires. And then you hear Mahershala Ali. That's, that's setting up a Blade movie that isn't coming out, but doesn't even have a release date, as far as I understand. Yep. The definition of putting the cart before the horse is being perpetrated, you know, by the, 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 the machine that is Disney on the Marvel Universe and on the public at the moment. And I'm starting, it's starting to grate me a little bit because I don't care about anything. I don't care about the, the, the people. Um, and, you know, I will go over positives as well, but this is just the, the overall thought. I don't care about the individuals, characters, the same way that I did pre-Endgame. Um, I'm not invested in the story because I don't know what's happening. I don't know where it's all going. It seems to be going off in a dozen different, different directions at once. Um, and for even, you know, the sharpest of minds, that's hard to grasp and i don't feel they have a clear course i think they're i think they're sailing through very 
foggy fog <laughs> you know and they don't they're not really sure and when they hit land they'll hit land and and just figure it out but it doesn't seem like they figured it out yet so that was my that's my overall kind of feeling just based on what this movie's doing and we'll we'll I'll talk about that middle part and why specifically I have a problem with it um when we when we kind of get to it um but you know what else I I do agree with you that they especially about the mid and the end credit scenes like I told you uh, that I really watched the Avengers films mm-hmm. and if you are listening now and you have time just watch a few of the just watch the phase one movies and you have this like now it's become such a big thing to have end credit scenes and big IP movies because it's what happens now that Marvel did it once and then because they did it, everyone else did it. And now it's become a thing where even films with no idea do that. When Nick Fury shows up at the end of Iron Man, that's not saying we'll do the Avengers. That's saying, hey, this is a film that we made. Hope you liked it. This is something that we have. We don't know what the fuck is going to happen. We don't know if you like it. But if you do like it, We'll, we'll, we have the capability and we hope that we can build towards that. And it's so true in Nick Fury's own words that it's an idea that people, that these people from different places of time and literally for Captain America and different ideologies can come together and fight the wars that normal people can't. And that would, like, it's weird that now we're in this multiverse era where everything just keeps coming back and it's it's so it's not disrespecting in sense but i'd see it's a bit it's a bit overblown by what we have now and from where we started and that's bound to happen like i i bet kevin feige had no idea that when he put nick fury in nick fury as a character in the iron man film he had no idea that what 13, 14 years later, he'd have uh, uh, Professor X show up with the Illuminati in this film. And that's that's one of the most beautiful journeys of just this, uh, this era of films that we have right now. But I think that I, I said this in my uh, sort of review that when you have a title like Multiverse of Madness, you do go all out. You have you have Blade show up and you have uh, the Fantastic Four, all of them show up. Because that's what the selling point of this movie is. And even on IMDb, it's the Wanda and Wanda and Strange try to fight this entity that comes. It's not that. It's not, it's not that at all. It's it's what a character study should have ended like. And I think bringing in writers or bringing in the head writer for Lo- from Loki into this movie did a bit of damage because they should have brought in writers from WandaVision. Mm. Because even though Wanda is the central character of this film, if you haven't watched, I hate to say this, that I felt it while watching it, that if you haven't watched WandaVision, Wanda seems a one-note villain in this film, and I hated that. 
I hated that so much. Yeah. What do you think of just Wanda? Let's let's just have Wanda. Yeah, first. Let's, let's talk about Wanda for a minute. Um Yeah, I I the the part about it that I like is Elizabeth Olsen. You know, she sells the yes. shit out of this. And when she's when she's the villain and she's chasing them through the multiverse. Well, actually, okay, let me just talk about the multiverse part for a second. Multiverse of madness. You're right. What the fuck? They 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 have this character, America Chavez, who whose power is breaking through to to the multiverse. She's a fucking plot contrivance within a character. She has no real arc. I mean, I understand that she masters her powers, but everybody does that in their origin story. The thing about her losing her parents that she then never finds, as far as we understand, that's more setting up for later down the road. There is a way to do that without introducing that character. Not that I have a problem with introducing that character, but I just feel like she was under underutilized. You go through the multi... It's called Multiverse of Madness, right? And they, they have that bit where she kind of grabs Strange, yeah. Strange grabs her, and they kind of go through a whole bunch, one of them in which they're paint. And I know yeah. if you slow them down, if you slow the footage down, they're in certain... You, know, you see the Living Tribunal and you see kind of different universes. There's one that looks like it's all of... It's just the drones, a city of drones from um, the, the Spider-Man picture, all that kind of stuff. And then they land in, in the universe that has the Illuminati in it. And then I think they go to maybe one more universe where um, Strange fights his dark self. So really it's like four max. Um, so that's not that mad. <laughs> um, there's not as much madness going on there as you want. And as far as Wanda goes, again, Elizabeth Olsen sells the shit out of it. And, and she, despite the thin, you know, argument of at the end of, WandaVision, she goes to that cabin to, to you know, find peace and, and she's really splitting her consciousness or her her astral self into learning the Darkhold so that she can find her kids and control these monsters to go after America. Never explains how she knows who America is or anything or where, where she knows this power came from. She's just a villain straight up. And I did think that was pretty cool. It's like, okay, she's obviously snapped. She's finally snapped. She should be looking for Vision. Yes, that that was my main concern. Is why do you go to a universe where you have the kids but no vision? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Was Paul Bettany too expensive now? Like, what the fuck? I I just feel like that would be it. And then having White Vision turn up and 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 be the thing that stops her. I mean, there is some beauty in her, like the other the multi the ultimate version of her being the one who's like, I'll take care of them, and and sort of her stopping herself in a sense. Is there's some poetry there, but in terms of a, an ongoing story, in the way that you would want, it would make more sense if it was Vision. Um, and do you, uh, do you want to hear my pitch for for Doctor Strange Two? That is the different movie than this, real quick. Sure. All right. So it still includes Wanda. Forget all the multiverse of Amanda stuff. You can still have Sam Raimi direct it, and there can still be a lot of the same elements. But it's. Uh, Doctor Strange in The Trial of Wanda Maximoff. And she, it starts with something similar to the, the like her, she could be looking for vision or she could be looking for her kids, whatever. And she goes to um, Carmitage and she fucking murders a bunch of people. And like for real this time. I know that she did do quite a bit of, you know, smashing homies up, but she literally tears someone's heart out or something like that. But they managed to contain her and, and control her. 
and then she ends up being tried in some sort of otherworldly court and it's about her like it's it has to be a redemption story you know what i mean dude i have something in mind okay yeah no add 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 to my shit add to it i want to hear about it you have the child right what Mm. if the child is in front of the living tribunal and it's it's wanda wong and see steven strange they're trying to convince to give her a chance and because i don't know what he does i i guess he's a judge in this scenario but i guess he's just trying to eliminate her so that no because see what the film does really well is that it shows that nobody with such power should even exist mm. right what if the living tribunal understands that and is like, well, that's right. Let's kill her off the entire multiverse. Yeah, kill every so, all, all incarnations of her. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have the one multiverse where Wanda Wanda is the child of um Magneto and you can have Ian McKellen show for like a second or so. Whatever. <laughs> that's certainly more multiverse of madness. Um, and that they they have a child in front of the living tribunal. Sorry, no, 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 it's fine. Uh, they have a child in front of the living tribunal, and then they're Wong and Stranger Astral projecting in different universes, trying to save all the Wanda's. And that's how our Wanda gets closure when each and every Wanda gets to know her story. That's beautiful. <laughs> no, seriously, we just wrote a better film. Like, what? Well, no, no, okay. <laughs> we wrote a different film that I think would be more entertaining like and and have more emotional resonance as well not just that an insane mother okay um and i'm not like i said i'm i've said this before i'm not a parent um so i don't know that that i I couldn't understand the drive that she has to reclaim her children fictional or otherwise um but the the a story of her making a very very serious mistake um and killing a lot of people like the phoenix saga you know doing some real damage and then seeing that having the seeing that the dark hold has 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 poisoned her and and getting rid of that and then the tribunal and comes and says hey you're not getting away with this you're the scarlet witch and you just used your power to do this clearly the prophecy is true you're going to be the person to unmake the universe. We we are going to put you on trial, and we're putting all of you on trial throughout the multiverse. And then yeah, and you've got Strange and Wong as a tag team going through. Forget America Chavez, and just have those two going through different universes. You know, going in there, and they have to team up with Blade to go and you know, like you said, go and find him. They've got to team up with the Fantastic Four. They've got to team up with uh, you know the Illuminati or you know Professor X or fucking. Wolverine or whatever to find Wanda because yeah. in, in all the universes Wanda's gone nuts because of what's happening and they've got to go and do that and and the 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 drama in the in in this for for Stephen the eternal drama is a he can't be with um the woman that he loves and b he's still being tested as to whether or not giving Thanos the time stone was the right idea so like that guy at the beginning says wasn't there another way that's yeah. his burden He's like, is there another way, even though I kind of knew there wasn't? As a counterpoint to that, you you have the the argument now be, 
Wong saying, Stephen, the only reason you want to save Wanda is because you feel like you made the wrong decision last time. And Wong is against it. And the and the battle, the, the dramatic battle is between those two friends who are both Sorcerer's Supreme trying to decide whether or not this woman deserves to be annihilated or not. That's, there's some fucking fertile ground there for I know, right? drama, you know, as opposed to just having Wong be, like I love Wong as a character and Benedict Wong as an actor is, he's one of my favorite actors. I adore his work. And to have him, to have the stakes be raised for him, like there was even a love story for him that was completely eclipsed by everything, you know? You only saw little minor bits of it. Yeah. Give this guy more, you know? Um, and, and that would have been really interesting to have him be be the counterpoint to to what Stephen was trying to do, which is both redeem Wanda and redeem himself at the same time. It just would have made more sense is all I'm saying. I know. I, it's, it's so weird that we're sitting here and just talking about how this film happened, right? Because this film happening was a big deal. Mm. Secondly, we sitting here, we kind of understand where these characters come from. It's it's weird that we like our fans right now know what's best for a character. Like twenty years before today, we the fans never had that kind of connection towards a character. Very few to say. Mm. And yeah, it's. I, I really do feel that Sam Raimi should have watched WandaVision, should have finished it before making this movie. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I still, uh, that, that week that I mentioned that, and I was like, maybe shut the fuck up. It's true. It, maybe don't right? do it. Or just do it, you know? like I, And I know he's probably, he came in to replace another director. There is some really great, like Sam Raimi is one of the best parts of this movie. When he's when his flare comes out a little bit, when it pokes through, there's some real moments of of interesting sort of you know dutching push-ins on the camera. Oh and yeah, some, like some real darkness and and you know the cloak of lost souls and and the zombie you know at the end of, like that's that's and in particular the scene where uh, Wanderer beats the Illuminati and she is covered in oil from the Ultron bots and it looks like blood. Um, you know, and she's chasing them while limping, you know, through that sewer tunnel thing. Like that's that was that's Sam Raimi. Yeah, that's that's the, you know to see to see a little director's vision poke through like that. It was really really got me. You were less of a fan, yeah. I understand. No, I I absolutely love that. It's like, see, this film excels in its first act and third act. The problem is that the second act is way too long for each of the acts to ever flourish first. Mm-hmm. Like the first act we have, okay. Sochi Gomez as the America Chavez is amazing. I loved her. I love what she did with the character. What I didn't like is that they can't be a whole movie without her. The, the only point of her existing in this story is that now we have a multiverse in our universe. We have a gate, so it's exactly like you said, we have a plot in our universe that we can use anytime we want. Mm-hmm. It's it's not something that could be true to a character. I'm pretty sure that any America Chavez fans from the comics can correct me that any 
I don't think it made such a big of a difference having her in the film. Even though I was excited to see her and her her whole backstory, even though it's it's in seconds, it's very interesting. And you, it, the problem is, uh, we said this in the Moon Knight review as well. The problem is, the problem isn't that we hate this. We love this. That's why we're here talking about it. The problem is that there's so much potential hidden in that. And then there's so much surrounding that, that people lose the sight of the important thing, which is that Wanda needs help. It's not that Wanda needs to be eradicated or that Wanda needs to be stopped. It's that Wanda needs help and she needs closure. And she needs closure. And it's, it's lost in this madness. Literally. From multiverse. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I, I was actually of a different opinion after I saw it the first time. I was like, wow, that was, that was great. I loved that. It all, you know, came together. It made all sense. You know, there's some quirky bits in the middle or whatever. And then I went and saw it again and I started to go, hang on, I can, I can kind of see some, not plot holes, because that's, that, you know, people throw that term around a lot. I just felt, yeah, maybe, maybe it was um, opportunities missed or characters underrepresented or misrepresented and and i do feel like wanda being a villain is a really good idea uh and and her story is 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 the best kind of villain story in that it's tragic and you sympathize with her um and and i still really like that there's just a a different way that i would do it if i was writing that screenplay and i'm not because you know i'm not i don't i i they don't ask me. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I just, Kevin Feige, man, come on, just just yeah. one chance. Just give me a go. But yeah, I mean, there's these people, uh, you know, in the trenches every day working on this stuff. I can't imagine, like I said last week, the pressure of trying to get all this stuff to work. Um, but I just, I was, yeah, on reappraisal, some of it wasn't as strong as I'd hoped. Um, and, and visually it looks great, you know, the action sequences in particular, some of the really interesting way that they use magic, like at the beginning when Steven, who, who gets an opportunity in this film to do some real hero shit. Like he hasn't really done that yet, you know, literally changing costume, you know, out of a, out of a tuxedo to go and fight a giant monster. Doing the cab thing. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's what you want, you know? And he goes down and, and, you know, summons little, you know, this girl's being attacked by, a vicious one-eyed monster and uh you know a car gets thrown and he summons another monster to come out of a portal grab the car in its teeth and then drop back into another portal at the same time so that the car you know doesn't hurt anybody and you know they do the the giant saw thing and and then in particular where he's fighting the 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 dark hold uh poisoned version of himself um, in the the world, oh was, yes, in the encouraged world, and they have the fight with the musical uh, notes. The, the, the notes, out fucking standing uh, ingenuity and 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 uh, interesting way to use powers that we've become familiar with. Um, so there was some really you know inspired, brilliant moments of this film, but as a story from end to end like the th- the through line was it was jumping around like a fucking heart monitor and i couldn't i couldn't grab on as hard as i would have liked it's weird to say that in a in a universe where the one film by taika waititi 
exists and two films by James Gunn exist. Multiverse of Madness by Sam Raimi is the one that has the most color and is the most unique. Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. And it's, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but for me, it's it's a film that's style over story and it's some part that works phenomenally well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree with that. I think there's definitely, the story was thought about extremely long and hard and, and it's also pulling from a bunch of different places within the established MCU to, to tell this story, which is really ingenious. But yeah, there is a lot of, okay, what are we, you know, and you got to wonder what's reshoots as well. Okay, so Multiverse of Madness is, sorry, um, No Way Home does really well. But that script was tight as fuck. Like it just, it was so conservative within its storytelling while managing to, you know, and there were some bits that were stupid and, and stuff that could have been a little bit shorter or didn't really work or, you know, whatever. But the emotional journey is very, very clear. Um, and the intention's very, very clear. It kind of got And it's there. Yeah. Right? Sorry. Sorry to cut you off. No. But for No Way Home, it works so well because, yes, it's a bit silly, but. When the ball drops and the emotion the emotion is there, it stays, and it's and it, it's there. You can feel it. Mm. Wanda Wanda being the villain for this film and being one of the best villains in MCU history is not because of this film is because of Wanda Vision. Yeah, yeah, that's and, absolutely right. It's that's what did the work. Yep. And people don't understand that it's it's so. I know I get I, I don't get pissed off by I just get so like I want people to understand that if you have it's it's very true that if you haven't watched WandaVision, Wanda will seem a one-note character to you and it will it will take away from everything that she has gone through in the past seven years of the MCU. Yeah. And making a decision to should we get into it now? Second yeah. act? Yeah. I do not believe that in a world where Illuminati exists, they can't handle Wanda. I just, I just can't. Yeah. Even though having she, to be like all powerful yeah. is is particularly good narratively. It's like we said last week. You you lift that sequence out of that film completely, and it's just it's a stopgap for her in between finding. It's a little bit so that Stephen can you know find this other Rachel. But you don't need that, yeah. or you can find that out in another way. You lift that sequence out of the film and tuck it in like that, and and the film becomes twenty minutes shorter. Nothing changes. And if there's one thing I've learnt from hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of, of of studying screenwriting and screenplay writing and 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 screen story writing and just story writing in general is that you should ne- like nothing should be uh, 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 without purpose. You know, everything that happens within within a scene should further the story to the next place. And the only thing that the Illuminati scene did was set up the possibility of having a Fantastic Four movie, maybe, and fan service that this version yeah, yeah. of of of, of um, Professor X, as cool as it was to see him, in particular, see like Captain Carter in in real life, because Haley Atwell. Forget about Amazing it. Amazing as she is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even though she gets fucking cut 
in twain. Uh, unbelievable, man. She got completely bisected. Holy shit. Brutal. Um, it's weird that, that like, <laughs> 10 seconds before that she says, I can do this all day. And 10 seconds after, she's just half. <laughs> she's half the woman she was. Um, you know. Nope. Getting split that- in half by her own shipped you know that would be that would be like someone like mugging you in the street and saying give me your fucking phone and you give them their phone your phone and they make you eat it <laughs> it's your fault you give it to me yeah i know you started this dickhead now have a shield yeah it was that and it was so that they, they could have a it was so that they could have a, a body count that was completely um without consequence you know, nothing happens to Wanda. She doesn't then at the end of the film lament killing these multiple, these, I mean, even though they are multiversal versions, multi, sorry, multi-universal versions of people she doesn't fucking know, there's still people on, on that planet. She's yeah. still orphaned Franklin Richards in that universe. That he, universe she orphaned Franklin, away. yeah. She orphaned Franklin Richards, who's the father of Nathaniel Richards, who's yeah. Kang. Is that right? Yeah. Well, holy shit. I mean, that's got to come up, but it's she didn't even have any remorse about it. You know, there wasn't, she was still just worried about her kids, her kids, and, you know, there was no buying that back. Oh, I must destroy this this structure, this dark hold, which has incredible, uh, 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 you know, significance. It just became about her being regretful for that part of it you know what she did to herself and her kids not about these you know five or six super one of which she you know blowed blowed his own head up um you know once she turned into mince spaghetti string um monica rambo got was it monica rambo yeah yeah she got got crushed she got crushed i don't i don't know i didn't know captain marvel could get crushed cool and um Hayley Atwell is now, she's not well at all. Um, she's she's really unwell. Um, she's Hayley, she's Hayley in half. <laughs> I broke Addy. That was a pretty fucking good joke, just off the cuff. Um, yeah. So and and you know, let's let's talk about it. John Krasinski as. Mr. Fantastic as Reed Richards is a fucking great idea. It has been for years. And that's why he's in that picture because they've been talking about it. They've been talking about it since he got together with Emily Blunt. Um, They were like, these, these, this is the power couple. They give him the salt and pepper and uh, the the costume looked great. He didn't really use it. He used his powers for about four seconds to like stretch into frame. There was nothing spectacular about it. I'm I'm convinced he wasn't. As well, I, you know, being that we're sh- they're shooting yeah. in COVID times and stuff. No, all of that, you see, all of the Illuminati was reshoots, all of it. Yeah. That's the thing. So there's a film there without the reshoots that I want to see. Yeah, where, where there is no connecting thread to that universe of that nature. So you're like, all right, well, what's what's in its place to get you to the next beat of, of, of the story or to the second, what would be the second half of the second act? Um, so that they can go to that incursion universe. Um, yeah. And yet it was so, and, and, and again, I know I stress points over and over, but I, I, I just, I know how people could forget what you've said. 
and I don't want to misrepresent myself, I understand how difficult these movies are to make. I know people who work for Marvel and 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 especially visual effects supervisors. I know how how hard it is. And on the day as well in the room you are you have a poster and a release date and you have to fucking get it out. There's no fucking around. This is big business. You know, the mouse house will come and get you. Sam Raimi has been making films for longer than I've been alive. Homie should know what a fucking eyeline is. And and John Krasinski's eyeline is off in every single shot. Every single shot. He's looking, he would be looking, I mean, he's looking at Doctor Strange's dick. Um, you know, while trying to talk to him, he's like, at some point, Strange should be like, excuse me, Reed, my eyes are up here. Thank you very much. Okay. You know, um, yeah, I mean, obviously not looking at his dick, but his eyeline is off. And, and and there was also a shot where I think it's his head on someone else's body. I don't know. It's just, it's all a bit messy is is, is my point. And and <clears throat> severely underusing uh, 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 Tuatel Edufer as well. Like he's... Oh, yeah. As well? As no. well. It's hard to say that word. I, that, that's why I keep away from Chuatel. names that I come for. Yeah. I know it's Tuatel Edufer, or I'm not really sure how to say it. But he, like criminally underused. Baron Mordo is one of the fucking baller-ass um, bad guys that they have. At the end of Doctor Strange 1, where he's pissed off at everybody for breaking the rules. Yeah. And, 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 you and go- when I, I said it in the, the, the Doctor Strange episode of the Stitch Up I did with um, with Ben, uh, Ben Riga, I said, what happens when you lose faith in something that you believed in is that you get angry at it. And him in that teaser where he goes after poor Benjamin Bratt and takes his magic away and makes him a cripple again and says, you know, the problem with the world too is too many sorcerers. sorcerers. Where the fuck's that story? I do know where that story is. Up an ass is where it is. It's up someone's ass. <laughs> Someone at Marvel has an entire script where Baron Mordo is the main villain up their fucking ass. All the way to the taint. <sighs> I got really agitated then because I love Baron Mordo as a character. I think he's really cool. Huh. No, Sorry, where um... <laughs> Tell me where it is. Whose ass is it in? <laughs> That's an one issue. That's That'd be a fun board game, actually. Whose ass is it in? And it's like a nope. No, you don't want to play that game. There's a poster. In mm-hmm. that poster, there's a small scene where you know how Wanda readjusts reality in the start where Stephen goes to see her. Where they're in the um, the apple blossom. The, yeah, but yep. then she, yeah. Yep. So that was actually supposed to be Mordor. The film was supposed to open with Mordor chasing after Wanda because he finds out what she's done in uh, what she's done to the town. Westfield. Whatever the town is. Yeah, Westfield. Fuck. Yeah. I was gonna say New Jersey, and I was like, no, that's a real town. It's well, no, it was near New Jersey, wasn't it? Wasn't that the gag? Yeah, I think yeah. so. And so she kills Mordo because he comes to stop her and for and to judge her or whatever. And she kills Mordo. That's how the film opens. But the the real film opens with another version of Stephen Strange with uh, America Chavez in the whole astral 
plane or whatever there is, where there's the book of Vashanti. That's how our film opens, the one yeah. that we got. I mean, I did, I did like the fact that it opened just like a comic book does. Yeah, know, just we just jump in. Yeah, I, I, I dug that a lot. And it was, I was saying to uh, Cynthia, actually, who I was talking about before, I was saying to her, because she called me after she went and saw it, and we were rapping about it, and she, and I was saying, it's the most like a comic book of any of them so far, um, in that it's it's got guest stars and, and you know, who, who, who don't really further the plot at all, and it was really glossy, and it has, you know, bigger action set pieces and some character stuff. Like, it really did feel much more like um, reading a, reading an actual comic than, than any of them have up until this point. See, that's a whole another thing because Ragnarok, while reinventing Thor, also did damage that now we're seeing in Love and Thunder. Yeah, it's a little too glib. Not that I, I, I need things to be dour in order to enjoy them or too serious. Yeah. You can get serious. I mean, there's some serious beats in Ragnarok. Um, particularly when it comes to um, Loki and Thor's relationship and, and, and the relationship they have to their father. And Hela's a pretty awesome villain. Um, you know, she just lays waste to the Warriors 3 you know, and doesn't even fuck around. So there's there's some stuff there that's interesting. But yeah, what, while it did was kind of like rebooting Thor, rebranding Thor, we now have this very specific kind of uh a comic like humor that where is is you know tied to thor inexorably like we're not you can't you can't have it any other way now because that's what people are going to expect so let's just uh let's just have a little uh a little you know roundup of of, of what we thought was what we thought was good because we talked about right. what we thought was bad and it's okay if you don't agree with us that's totally fine it's okay to enjoy a movie in whatever fashion you like. If you think this was the best Marvel film ever, <coughs> uh, best Marvel film ever, you know, fill your boots, mate. Enjoy. I'm so glad you, you got something out of it. That's that's you know wonderful. That's all, all I care about is people, you know, enjoying cinema. And and, and I, I hope people liked this more than I did. Um, even though I really really liked it, I just had some problems with it's a, it's a, even more so just like having problems with where things are going to end up as opposed to this film in particular. Yeah. Um, it just and you have Charlie's turn at the end. Sorry to cut you off. No, 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 don't worry. Charlie's turn at the end is, is just weird. Like, uh, why? It, it, it was, again, it was another one of those ones, the same as Eternals, where you're like, who the fuck is that? Who's talking? Oh, see ya. That that was kind of it, you know? Are we Is it going to be... They're setting like that up that- for the next Doctor Strange movie, or is it going to be something else? And and if that is the case, the next Doctor next Doctor Strange movie, like Doctor Strange number one, came out in twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. So we're we gonna wait another six years to figure out what the fuck. We've got, is? we've got two, we've got two Guardians movies between those these two movies, and I think Doctor Strange two should have happened before. What's the second Guardians movie? The second Guardians of the Galaxy, dude. Oh, we got two. Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying yeah. we're getting two more before the next. Okay, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, that's a... Well, no, Guardians 1 came out before Doctor Strange. No, I think they came out in the same... Well, Guardians came out in 14, I think, and Doctor Strange came out in 16. Yeah. And then Guardians 2 came out in, what, 17? Yeah, 18? quick. Yeah, it was Yeah, 17. They had to get the other Avengers pictures out the way and stuff as well, I guess, but it just... 
you know, I wonder what what is the journey for Doctor Strange? Do they retool things? You know, what is it about things that, or do they stay? Do they stay the course and go? No, we've committed to this. This we're going this way, and maybe me and you and everybody else don't know what that is, but they do. So they're going to keep going despite what people do and do not like about this movie. No, we've got to, We're going to keep going forward. We're going to get everything, and it's going to all come together in Secret Wars. You know, is that is that what we're is that what's going to happen? Is that what we can expect? I don't know. I hope that is true, and that's that's the biggest thing I can say for Marvel right now is I have two opinions on Marvel, which is a oversaturation leads to exhaustion, which we're kind of seeing now. Yeah. And B is that I hope that they know what they're doing. And I hope that we are terribly wrong about everything that's happening. Because I I love these characters and I love these movies. Mm. And I I just want them to succeed in a way that that's true to the characters in that film, not not as a company. I think um you know, genres of films and, and, and popular films are cyclical like everything else. You know, they have a time and place. And Marvel beat that trend even more so than anybody else. There's there's a lot of things that have tried to get kickstarted that haven't worked in, in this. They're like, okay, we need comic book-based IP. The Bloodshot film with um, Vin Diesel is an example. You know, comp- like the Valiant universe is huge. There's t- like dozens of characters that they could mine for that. But it just didn't catch because people are on only one track and it's it's the marvel track and if you deviate from what the formula is there it's hard to curb back in for people and that's what marvel's starting to do and maybe that's a conscious choice they're deciding to go more on with like in individual threads and having these things be less connected Uh, that information would be helpful to audiences because we're not expecting what we're expecting but if you go in yep. with that in mind, maybe that's the way to do it, is you go into these things thinking, okay, this is inside the Marvel Universe, but and, and there's characters from everywhere, but just let it be what it is. And I know that's probably hard to do. It's hard for me to do. Um, but just kind of experience the films as individuals and maybe that's the way to go. Yeah. So things that you liked. Cool. So I liked, well, I kind of, I kind of went through them. Um, you know, I love Elizabeth Olsen. Um, I do, I do love that Wanda's the the villain. I think her powers are really interesting. Um, she could probably alter reality a little bit more than she does, considering she has alternate reality powers as opposed to just throwing power bolts at people. But um, yeah, it's, the the character is incredibly fascinating. Um, I love Wong. I love that he got more play this time, and he got to really whip some ass. That that first scene where he's fighting. Is it Gargantua? I, I'm not sure of the name of that. Gargantuous. Gargantuous, yeah, the huge big, you know, ocular yeah. octopus thing. Octopus um, thing. Yeah. Well, no, because ocular as in because it's got an eye and then yeah. legs. It's, it's an ocular octopus. <clears throat> uh, and he's he's got the um, the mystical blade on the end of a chain or the, on the end of a mystical rope and he's like flinging it around and doing some fucking Jet Li shit and just he's such a work, welcome presence, you know. And 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 he's so great yeah. when he's he's in charge of all those sorcerers and you know, telling people you know, steal your mind. Like he's so fucking intense. <laughs> I just I just dig him so much. He's so fucking cool. Here's a bitch Wong, in the multiverse. 
right? So yeah. Wong has this TVA kind of establishment where every every universe has a Wong. So he's in touch with every single Wong, and now they have to team up and fight all these weird monsters and shit, and just have Wong show up in literally everything you do. So that that's the connection to the MCU is that Wong shows up. So he's make new, him he's that. The new, he's the new Stan Lee. He's the new Nick Fury. Yeah, give him a half hour sitcom where it's like yeah. it's like Friends, but they've all got mystical powers, and he just they catch up with each other at coffee shops and talk about all the adventures they've gone on. And Wong and Wong yeah. is like the guy who runs the coffee shop. Oh yeah, did uh, are you are you a fan of uh, do you watch the videos of uh, how it should have ended the animation series? No. On YouTube. Oh yeah, actually yeah, another one. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of every everyone is the character sitting in a cafeteria with like Superman and Batman and everyone else. Like have that. Yeah, I I, I think that's a great idea. And more Benedict the better. Um, yeah, I do I do like uh, uh, you know Benedict Cumberbatch. He's he's you know endlessly charming. It's great that he gets to do more hero shit here and use the powers in 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 different ways. Um, and and also the 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 commitment to not taking America's powers despite that that would make his and everyone else's life so much fucking easier um, is is really interesting from a, from a character standpoint even though they don't really do much with it and him still dealing with the fact that in order to save the world um, he had to let Thanos win um, and that there's tremendous guilt there um and and i i like that so for, for for me it was more about individual <clears throat> character stuff and and sort of Ra- raimi's flair that was really kept my interest where the through line you know peaked for me was you know uh the 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 cape of lost souls was really cool i thought you know um uh uh, uh what was it dream walking in in the body of the yeah. dead just some interesting concepts, uh, you know, the musical fight, the musical note fight with himself. That those those little moments of of ingenuity, story flair, really got me. It was just that the through lines a bit shaky. So, if I had to give it a letter grading, I'd give it a you know the hieroglyph of that dude with the who looks like a bird, the half dude, half bird man hieroglyph. Is what I'll give it, as opposed to an actual letter. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking. I give about. it one conchu, is what I give it. No. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. If it was like a star rating system out of five, I'd give it like a two. You know. Huh. Yeah. Which That's is cool. you know, which is not 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 hate territory. <clears throat> what about you? Um, yeah, I loved, I loved every second of Charles Xavier. And we saw Charles Xavier stand up from that chair for mm. the very first time, especially with Patrick Stewart because he was always in the chair. Now there's a there's a theory that the Illuminati takes place in the universe that was set that was set to course in Days of Future Past, where when you see him at the end, he's in the floating chair, so he evolves into that. I don't know how much of that is true. Okay, I, uh, I don't. I don't yeah, and I don't think anyone would ever care because that that was like a universe for no. That universe was introduced because they wanted no consequences for Wanda. That even if she did all that, there, there's still no consequences for her, for what she did in that universe. But 
just seeing just seeing him and like I have to I have to say it, man. He came in and they had the in in the yellow chair and they had the animated series theme play and I cried. I cried like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> There's another stupid about that. It's amazing. It's such a good dilini. <clears throat> Teeny, it's such a like, good theme song, man. Like Reed Richards showed up, showed up, and I said this in the in the last episode. I did, holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> and then he showed up, and then he showed up like, bro, <laughs> like the one, the, my friend that was sitting beside me. And he's like, do it, do what? And then I realized that he doesn't know. <laughs> he oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you're expecting that you're you're getting exciting about it, as excited about it at least. Um, yeah. And oh god, like out of everything they would have done, they did that, and then they had him say, "Just because everyone's lost, or just because someone, just because someone's lost, doesn't mean that they're." I don't know. It's. <laughs> I can't remember the quote either. Yeah, he, he, um, he repeats a line from. Um, uh, Days of Future Past. Is it Days of Future Past? Is it? Yeah, right. Okay. See, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Where, maybe that's maybe that's the case that if it is the he is the the Professor X from that universe because there's no, nothing says that all of those the, all the members of the Illuminati are from the universe that they're currently in. They could be from everywhere. Yeah, I mean, fucking Reed Richards teleports in anyway. <laughs> yeah, where's he? Te- he might oh. be teleporting from you know Earth eight eight five or something like that. You know, like completely different uh, yeah. universe. You never know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I really loved that, and even though I have problem with with Wanda's massacre, it was it was a shocker to see Black Bolt introduced and then blown off his head. Unceremoniously, that was fucking cool. Had his head caved in, fucking hell. And that whole that whole short scene where they have with how they deal with their Thanos mm. and how they killed Strange with him saying "I'm sorry," and that killing him it's it's very it's a very powerful and jesus it's a very powerful moment for and just that character showing up means so much yeah and we talked about this last week where it shows that maybe there's hope for inhumans and i never would have said that you need to watch inhumans to (laughs) to watch dr strange (laughs) i know right never in a million years that's like the deepest cut of all time i have no opinion on danny elfman um his score for Spider-Man 2 is okay. <laughs> I I didn't feel that connected as much. I did miss I didn't miss the original Doctor Strange theme by Michael Giacchino. Mm. That that theme is is magical in every sense. It you feel like there's mystical things going on, and I just missed it because they don't have it. They have it a bit in Infinity War, but I just missed that one. It's in No Way Home as well, where they, uh, where Peter turns up to um, Bleecker Street. Oh yeah, yeah, just really subtly. And well, yeah, the great potential, but missed opportunities. Yeah, That's- much like the same way that we thought about uh, Moon Knight. Like we both really liked Moon Knight, and there was a lot of really great stuff in there. With just a few, mis- but again, you know, we don't work at Marvel. We are two dudes who have a podcast that's been running for eight episodes um, and we just love this shit. We don't know any better than anybody else. We just like talking about the what ifs and the maybes and the could bees and, and, you know, enjoying each other's company. So take it all with a grain of salt, friends. 
uh, go and check out Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. It's in cinemas now. And now we get into questions, and here's the question theme song. I have the questions ready, but I have to ask you one thing. Okay. Uh, are we actually living in a universe where Mysterio fucking guessed that there was a multiverse and this universe was called 616? Because it makes no fucking sense to me. Yeah, I guess that's information that he... Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck, Marvel? <laughs> Can I have that clip of just you going, what the fuck, please? <laughs> I love like it. On the, on the video or? No, just just that. Like, I just want it for myself. Oh, I'll... okay, right. You don't want me to put that I'll... in? Because I can cut that into the actual episode. Do it then. Because that's messed up, man. <laughs> did he, like, how did Quentin Beck know? Surely he wouldn't have, he would have brought it up. Weird. Yeah. Anyway. And there was, a, and there was, there was, there there is concept art of uh, Mysterio being in No Way Home. Yeah, I've seen that. So I mean, you know, biggest missed opportunity there. Yeah. And um, and again, America Chavez was supposed to be introduced in No Way Home if Marvel had a bit more hands in Sony. There was a fucking lot going on in that movie. I think they probably could do without it. Yeah. Uh, hey, we have we have the whole trilogy of episodes coming up on that. Or like what? Four episodes with Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, and the uh, Into the Spider Verse film. Yeah, well, I mean, we can do it all as one big one, or we can do it yeah. as two separate ones, or yeah, we can talk about that later. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, no, it's fine. We'll figure it out. All right, let's get into some questions. Uh, <clears throat> questions. Did you okay? Did you like that when you dream something? Okay. This is question number one. Sorry. Yes, this is question number one. So, did you like the concept that when you dream something is actually happening to you in different multiverse? Did I like it? I guess I I I didn't didn't really feel anything about it at all. It was it was just a plot contrivance to to get you to you know, the, the, the third act, um, kind of, uh, the new plan as it would be, you know, the third act of the original plan fails and then you got to get a new plan. The new plan isn't going to put my consciousness in a dead body. So yeah, as a, as a, as a, a plot contrivance, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really loved that. That even, even though like, what you said is right. Is that it's it's foreshadowing of sorts to have oh, that come back. Much. Yeah, yeah. It's a Chekhov's yeah. gun. It's a Chekhov's Chekhov, dream. It's a Chekhov's dream. It's a Chekhov's dead body hidden in a fucking on on a rooftop is what it is. <clears throat> yeah, but I really like that they actually threw that in, which yeah. is cool. Interesting. You know, interesting way to 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 you know deal with a concept we're all familiar with, which is dreaming. <clears throat> What do you think? Okay. This is question two? Yeah, question two. What's up, man? Nothing. I'm just checking in. Just making sure I know what number we're up to. Uh, what do you want to see in the third Doctor Strange movie? 
You go first. Hulk's dick. Um, <laughs> exclusively. Hulk's massive green pickle penis. Go You're on. never letting go of that, are you? Never. It's too funny. Um, I came up with that once, man. Just let it be. I don't care. It's still one of the funniest things that's ever happened, ever. And I don't just mean on this podcast. Um, okay, Doctor Strange 3. Mordo. Absolutely. Um, I would also like to see Stephen reach a level of power that he's unable to control. So because of everything that happened during the Infinity War saga and everything that happened with Wanda, he has become less and less secure about his ability to do the job as Sorcerer Supreme. And he is delving into, you know, other other kind of mystical powers that maybe he shouldn't. Um, and he becomes a threat to himself and to others as well. So, you know, give him, you know, I mean, we've kind of seen it already. The, the end of Doctor Strange is him with the um, the third eye, you know, because he he, he used the Darkhold. Um, I'd like <clears throat> to see them play on that more, that he becomes too powerful. Yeah. But then again, that would be... That could work, actually. But then again, it would be just similar to the version of himself that he fought. Exactly. In but so how do you... One? Yeah, how do you subvert that idea? How do you make that different, you know, because he's aware of that? Or is that, you know, <clears throat> is it a self-fulfilling prophecy? Is it always going to go that way because all Stevens are so alike? You know, there's some interesting ground there for, for character work, especially if it ends up being his last picture. As, as Like he's, yeah. you know, Doctor Strange gets a trilogy and that's it, you know. But Benedict Cumberbatch is Marvel- interested in doing this for another 10 years, so who knows? Yeah, I, I would actually love that. I would love for a new Avengers film to come out and Stephen Strange is like with like all gray hair and gray beard and he's just sitting, just floating in the air. He's like, oh, you needed my help. Here's my help. And he like, someone's like all fucking demons and everything. Exactly. From different- yeah. Like, and, and, and it's all these young Avengers, you know, like that picture that you sent me of sort of the, the, the second, you know, uh, the new the new blood all going, Doctor Strange is kind of fucked up now, don't you think? And <laughs> yeah. that's, that's Do we really want help from a guy who's summoning the dead? That kind of thing. Like he becomes someone they no longer trust. I would like to see... His, he spends his life yeah. going insane trying to find the Illuminati in other universes. <laughs> and just trying to apologize. Like he finally finds them and the post-credit scene is him just... So this is what happened. I'm really sorry. Now you guys can go home. And he's like, I left my my son's recitation to come to your fucking coffee meeting. The fuck's going on? (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Doctor Strange is a dick now. She's a super dick. So, yeah, that's what I would like to see. Giant, giant dick floating in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> not a literal giant dick floating in space, though that would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, what we're not the boys. The, what's what's that above Avengers Tower? It looks like a huge penis. Yeah, that's Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, he's watching us. He's watching over. He's us. watching us. But why did he take the form of a giant penis? I don't know. He's just he's a bit fucking weird like that. Honestly. Speaking of, have you seen Hulk's penis? It's ridiculous. 
Why is it massive and green? No, it's tiny and pink, but the rest of him's massive and green. It's so strange. Who are we, by the way? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Two people who work at Avengers Tower. Bill. Fucking <laughs> like idiot. Okay. Um, what would you yeah. like to see exclusively? Yeah. A lightsaber fight between Strange Dick and Hulk Dick. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> sold. Amazing. Doctor Strange in the Battle of Two Dicks. <laughs> uh, we can call it we can call it uh, the Dick Gasm or t- the, the Duel of Dicks. Whatever. The Duel of the Dicks. <laughs> Doctor Strange and the Duel of the Dicks. Fucking hell. Cut the check, someone. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get a call from marvel tomorrow hey um we know you guys just have a stupid podcast that you do all the time and make fun of our stuff but that's okay duel of the dicks can we give you some money for that because um we're trying to sell off porn parodies of all of our shit and that one is perfect uh give us a ring back <laughs> Because Marvel, Marvel leaves messages, yeah. This is yeah. Disney Plus calling. <laughs> you're a person? I thought you were a fucking... I thought you were a streaming service. No, it's just one dude, me, Disney Plus. Disney's the first name, Plus is the second name. Ridiculous. We have a... Yeah. We have an R-rated anime coming out. We'd like to, we'd like to sample your ideas on pilot episode. <laughs> we would be millionaires over fucking night, honestly. <laughs> With just three of these ideas, we'd crack the code. Oh god. Yeah. Okay. So, in all no. seriousness, apart <laughs> apart from the duel of the dicks, what would you like to see from from Doctor Strange number three? I honestly would like to see, I like your idea as well. Yeah. I would like to see Strange go to a level that we saw in episode four of What If, where he okay. goes down the path, but then realizes what his responsibility is and also realizes what he's done. And so not being not being Sorcerer Supreme, he then becomes uh, one of the guardian of the multiverse. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, I dig Some, that too. Lots of potential. And he, yeah, and he, he lives out his days just having beers with his pal, the Watcher. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Him and him and Owatu, or whatever that guy's name is, um, just chilling out there in uh, not un- unconstructed dimensional space. That's pretty. Yeah, the fourth in the fifth dimension, which of course, how do yeah. you know, is imagination. <laughs> All right, uh, what's the next? Uh, one? Oh God. Do we going to that sand a lot, man? <laughs> what was that? Sorry. We uh, we got we get stuck into the dick sand a lot. We we, we do. The dick sand is thick around this podcast, and um, <laughs> you know, if the rest of you are getting caught up in it, I'm sorry. Right. This question is: uh, How do you think the kids will come back to six one six Earth? for young avengers well i mean <clears throat> america chavez that's it that's the answer yeah i guess yeah i mean that's that's the only thing there's something 
there's something that needs to happen uh, with Wanda and they need those kids to do it. That's the only way I can think of it. And, and America's like, well, I'll just go and get them. Um, but that kind of defeats the purpose of the whole film that we were just discussing. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, or, or like their mother in their universe senses something happening and says, I can't go because I'm too dangerous for the universe, but you are the best of me and vision. You go save her. And that's how they come in, they save her, and then they go back. Okay. And, yeah, that's, all right. and that's a redemption yeah. arc or whatever. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. The only thing that, the, you know, I'll tell you one thing that the Young Avengers movie doesn't need is fucking precocious preteens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a very specific spice. And, um, you know, you can get you can get too much of that. So, all right. I like your idea, though. What's the next question? Which is number four, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, number four. <laughs> Do you think this movie happened because they wanted to set up Secret Wars? Yes and no. Well, I mean, but what part of it's setting up Secret Wars? Exactly. Just yes, that. as in that it opens doors to different universes. No, as in everything else after that is just straight up a story. Yeah. There's there's nothing setting up Secret Wars anyway. The only way that you would do that is by you know, in, in the traditional sense would be to have the Beyonder introduced um, or, you know, maybe that's maybe that's more what Quantumania will do and we're, we're replacing Beyonder with um, Kang. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I think this was to, to cash in on the, uh, or not cash in in terms of money, but cash in on story-wise what Spider-Man No Way Home was able to successfully do and that was merge a lot of different things into the one universe and open a lot of doors for for future stuff it, it felt like a waylay movie it felt like a the, the middle of something as opposed to you know it, itself in its entirety oh yeah <clears throat> i get you yeah but like the original release schedule was that this was supposed to come out after uh or before no way home so is that right okay yeah, there's there's a bit of mention of what he does. Oh, there's there's mention that of Spider-Man's existence. There's no mention of what he did in that movie, which I get it because it's a Sony film. And it's also but, that 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 Doctor Strange wouldn't remember properly. He's like, I helped out <laughs> Spider-Man recently. Is that the only thing he says? He doesn't say Peter Parker. He doesn't say anything about like because what what do you you know uh uh. uh what frame of reference do you have for the multiverse? Like what, what interaction have you had with the multiverse? And he goes, there was a thing with Spider-Man recently, but he doesn't go into depth because it would be very, very different than the experience he had because of the spell that he cast. You know what I mean? Unless he, unless he's just acting as if the spell worked on him and it actually didn't and he included himself out of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see if that pays off yeah, in the future ever. of whatever Spider-Man's going to be. Yeah, well, who knows, you know, so... Yeah. So yeah. Just to say, uh, just to answer your question, no, I don't think it was setting up Secret Wars. No, me either. And if it was, it did it in a way that didn't didn't come across to me. Which could be a good thing. It's like five years from now, we watch Secret Wars. Like, oh, oh, oh shit! Yeah, fuck, they were sitting all that shit up then. 
That's why he was a giant dick, because that's what saves the day. Giant penis saves the day. <laughs> we'll forget about a couple of episodes and we'll get on to something else. But right now, it's, it's dicks are us. <laughs> it's a great shop where you can get all your all your dick needs. Um, and what was it? Is this five? Last question? Uh, yeah, this is five. They should bring in writers from WandaVision rather than Loki. Uh, that's, Wait, not a, that's not a question. The, yeah, that's just a statement, and uh, I agree. So, so the writers of Loki worked on Doctor Strange, so, multiverse. Magic. Yeah, M- Michael Waldron, who was the, who was one of the writers at Rick and Morty, oh, really? came in. Yeah, came in for Loki and was the head writer there. Wow! And then he was, and then he was brought in for uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Right. And he said, and he said that he wanted to do so many things, but um, like he tried to build a construct in the multiverse, and then he was like, "Well, we we built the foundation, and then the ideas that I have don't fit in that foundation, so we'll just chunk it out." Okay. Which I don't, I don't see a foundation for the for the multiverse in that movie, like ever. Like it's just something that's there. Like it's, I, yeah, it's making people aware of it, but that that's what Noah Home did as well. We're just in it a little bit more. We actually go to yeah. one of these alternate places. Um, that's interesting. That I mean, because you, fuck, you want a masterclass on conservative storytelling, which has fantastic structure, but also wonderful character and emotional beats. Watch any fucking episode of Rick and Morty. Like those things are written they are tight as drums like the guy who created uh rick and morty has a system of writing that he has made very very clear is it dan Harmon? That's yeah the guy's name he has you can go online and find it and he's got a story it's a it's a graphic of a circle and it tells you the beats of where things need to happen and and you know it, it, every single rick and morty episode follows that formula and yet they are all so unique and interesting because the concepts are so insane but also the emotional story despite the fact that it is super insane and ridiculous and funny the emotional story in that family is really powerful um and it sh- it fucking shouldn't be honestly yeah. it really shouldn't be there's there's no reason that film should should pull your heartstrings and it does um, so yeah, I'm, I'm surprised to hear that, that one of the writers, uh, who worked on that show was working on it, but as it sounds like maybe he didn't get to actualize in a way that he wanted to. Right. Uh, last one. The last question. It's not a question again, it's just a statement. That's okay. Uh, missed, op- missed opportunity to bring, uh, for not bringing in uh, Vision, Quicksilver and Clint because they're very important to Wanda's story. Yes, but also kind of no for Clint. Yeah, Clint's he's he's had a rough Christmas. <clears throat> Leave him the fuck alone, the poor dude. Um, you know, just let him rest after all those adventures. I I do I do agree with with Vision though. We talked about that White Vision turning up at the end of that film, not maybe to be. <clears throat> I mean, he's not really like a great white savior. I mean, even though he's white. <laughs> And he's and he's great, and he's a man. He's not really a man. He's he's, and he's not anthropomorphic because he's, an, he's not an animal. He's an android. Like he's he's a he's, he's a synthetic being. 
Yeah, he's yes. He's non-binary in the in every like, in every fashion. in every thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's ones and zeros he, behind you know an adamantium flesh suit. Um, but vibranium, not adamantium. They couldn't use that vibranium. He said adamantium. That's the Wolverine clause. I said adamantium. Did I? Ooh, yeah. The fucking that's. I'm gonna get a call from Disney Plus again. Hi. Yeah, this is Disney Plus calling again. Yep, that is my name. Um, it's vibranium, <laughs> you fucking dick. Get it wrong again, and we'll kill your family. Click. <laughs> Jesus. Disney Plus keeps calling me in there. Fucking hardcore. No, it's one dude. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, sorry, Vibranium. So, yeah, to have him turn up and, you know, help Wanda come to her ultimate conclusion in that film where she decides, you know, not to fucking destroy everything and then maybe they fly off together as opposed to I'm going to kill myself in the dark hold, but really I'm not actually dead because I'm fucking Wanda Maximoff and I'm also Elizabeth Olsen who's just signed to make, you know, an individual Scarlet Witch movie. So that would be interesting. Sacrifice was a bit empty. That's not a sacrifice, though, is it? She's just destroying a book from every universe. Yeah, but she also destroys the the tower, like the original Darkhold that had the elements on the walls that were then transposed <clears throat> into the book, and it falls down around her with her in it. Um, though I imagine if if all of the Illuminati can't even... She didn't even break fucking stride to get rid of them. She can probably yeah. handle a building falling on her as well, I'd wager. Yeah, I think her arc needs to be... Her arc as of right now should be what Thor is going through is self-discovery and uh, yeah just self-discovery in a sense that pays at least a bit of homage to what happened in Multiverse of Madness where she realizes what she's done and her redemption like I will never ever get get bored of Magneto turning on the X-Men but what makes it so fucking interesting every single time he turns on the X-Men is because he has a point. And he's so, so focused on that point that he sometimes does realize that he needs to work with Charles Xavier and with the X-Men. And that's, that's why, the, why that he's... Sorry. Yeah, sorry. And, uh, that's why he's one of the best characters in Marvel ever. Because of his ideologies and his... his just his will to just commit to one thing. Well, we were talking about it last week and about villains. The best villains are the ones that have uh, understandable end goals. You can understand, uh, you know, uh, being like Thanos, you know, being an environmentalist and wanting to halve the planet so the resources are more abundant for the half that's left behind. But he, he, it comes from also a place of... You know, he then wants to rule as well. But, um, yeah, with with someone like Magneto, he has been brutalized by the human race and, and believes himself to be superior. And not to, you know, side with him in any way, uh, but his message is, is, is not too different from yeah. the message of the people that he brutalized him, the Nazis. But for him to then kind of look at the human race and go, we are better than you, we are superior to you, in, for all intents and purposes, they kind of are. If you can lift the Golden Gate Bridge and move it with 
the same amount of effort it would take me and you to make a bunt cake fucking forget about it man like he's he they are they are superior and it's just the way that he goes about it is is you know he's about he's about violence and whereas charles xavier is about peace yeah interesting though you you brought about peace and uh i just want to go on a tangent here you can cut it out no um we should have the show should just be called tangents with Addie and Reed. <clears throat> that could be a bar that we open someday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking drink. <laughs> what a, a juice bar, bar right? Like everyone coming in, you're gonna get a beer. No, sorry, we serve um, you know, lukewarm tap water. <laughs> we have some cool graphics on the wall though. Are they all massive dicks? Yeah, they're all massive dicks. It's pretty great, isn't it? Where are you going? Come back. Tangents. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. What's your tangent? Yeah, uh, the book in uh, the book that provides the sources of everything that they want is called the Book of Vashanti. Sure. Right. Now, Vash- Vashanti is a word. I don't know what it means. I don't know if it's a word that exists in any language. I think it's a but, a, a, a Stanley makeup. Yeah, could be. Yeah. But it, song, it sounds a lot like a Hindi word called, um, to anyone who doesn't know Hindi, is the native language for India. India has many different languages, but the one that's spoken the most is Hindi. And uh, it's very close to a word called Ashanti. So instead of V, it's an A. Yeah. Ashanti in Hindi means... Uh, not peaceful. Okay. I don't, right? I don't know if there's any connection there because not peaceful or like, a sh- like shant is peace yeah. or quiet and a shant is just disturbed. So right. I don't know if it's, it's a connection where even if you use the book f- for good, the good that comes out of it leaves disturbance in you so no matter whatever you do with it it's still something that that like Mordo like like Mordo said that the bill always comes due yeah just an interesting thing yeah no absolutely I, I I I like that idea that you know it's a monkey's paw the the great power comes you know not great responsibility but great consequence and 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 you know power tends to corrupt absolutely um so yeah i i like the idea that they would i don't know if <laughs> i don't know if stan lee in the 60s or 70s or whenever he created dr strange had the foresight to look up the hindi word that you're talking about no nope. probably not it was probably just coincidence but i like the way that that plays currently so the dark hole is like there are letters from the hindi language in the dark hole so it could be true i don't know even if they've adopted that now, understanding that a little bit better now, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, right on. Is that was that the last question? That was it. That was it. That's the last question, folks, and that brings us to a close of episode eight of the Filmatics podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. It's been lovely having you, Addy. Thank you so much for your time. It's uh, it's great to see you as always. Um, and what what are we doing next week? Oh, we don't know yet. We'll chat about it. Mm, another one of those mystery episodes that might pop up about. We might. We just might not do one. We, we might just, just, we might just, just have go a week in. off. Yeah, it's just like. We'll <laughs> later. 
No, we are committed to a we were committed to a weekly schedule, and we we, we will um we'll bring you something, even if it's just me and Addy screaming into a void for forty five minutes. That'd be pretty fun, and um, the state of the world. That's you know it would be totally understandable. So um, thank you very much again. Also uh, remember to uh, rate and review on Amazon Music and Spotify. That does really help the profile of the show and bring more people to this crazy table of crazy crazy folk. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for supporting and for listening. And you've and you and you've come so far. Uh, we've come so far. Uh, just each eight episodes, we couldn't have hundreds more, and we're just excited to just have this thing. Um, I'm just want to say one last thing is um, uh, I'm very grateful for everyone who messaged after my last post on Instagram that is the podcast going to end. No, it's not going to end. We're going to do this uh, till the day we die. <laughs> which statistically will be sooner for me than for Addy. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think there might have been a bit, a little bit of confusion there. No, this is this is you know. I, I was taking a break from the stitch up. A couple of people have messaged me and asked me, "Are you not doing that anymore? Is it just the podcast now?" And I was like, "No, they're two separate things. The stitch up is on hiatus while I built more um, media because it takes it takes a lot longer to do uh, uh, like an actual." youtube program than it does to do a podcast so um this has just sort of happened in between which was um by happenstance but yeah now the podcast is not going no place you come back next week for more dick stuff and and all sorts of good news nerd and otherwise and uh and we'll have a good time stay amazing and stay safe